hello. You are listening to Above Average, the podcast for big families. I'm Lance Osborne, and I'm here with a really special guest. I talked about it last week. What's up, special guest? Hey, guys. <laughs> it's me. It's just Bobby. No specialist. It, it's just Bobby. Oh, dude, you're totally special. Well, yeah. Not that you're a guest. My sister's telling me that all the time, that I'm special. <laughs> That reminds me. Uh, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. You you are very special. You are a special snowflake, Bobby. Uh, welcome back. Glad to have you back. I love being a snowflake. You're unique, <laughs> just like everybody else. <laughs> love it. Love it. Anyway, this is the podcast for big families. Um, if if this is your first time listening, I f- Bobby, I feel the need every now and then. I feel the need to kind of go back to basics on this. You know what I mean? Well, we need to kind of tell the story. We need to be like, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're doing. Um, that The idea of above average, really, it's to talk about things that I don't feel like other podcasts are really talking about, not to the degree that we do, not to the maybe the depth or the breadth, either one, of what we're doing, all about living life with a bunch of kids. Oh, wait a second. Wait, I thought it was about us being better than everyone. Is that not? Is that why it's called? I'm out. Above hey, average? I'm out. If that's not what it's about, I'm out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that was Bobby Earhart. Thank you. Now thank bringing you for... in the real special guest. <laughs> no, but Bobby and I started this. Bobby has four kids. I had four kids at the time. Had. Now I've got five kids. That's what happens Bam. when you ding. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what happens when you've got a slightly larger family, right? We kind of define it as three kids because that's, hello, above average, uh, above the American average on how many kids that families have in in our country. But, you know, once you've got three or four, then you're like, I don't know, what's one more kid? Let's add another one. Right. Yeah, my dad, dad, I grew up in a family of six, I think, and he said he would count. (laughs) I think. Yeah, I can't remember. I lost count. He said at the end of the night, sometimes he'd just count six kids, whether they were his or not. He just had to, he'd just get the head count and then he'd shut the garage because there could have been neighborhood kids or whatever. He's joking, of course. But yeah, he, you know, once you get past three or four, nah, it's all the same. Uh, what's right? the matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, Bobby and I started this show because it, again, it didn't feel like anybody else was talking about funny stuff like this, like doing the head count. I do it almost every week going in and uh, into church and leaving church. And I feel like the priest is there and he's kind of laughing at me from the, from outside where he's shaking hands. Cause I'm literally always going one, two, three, four, five. Okay. We're good. You're like, Oh yeah. And that one can't walk. That's awesome. Because I, I know where, <laughs> where he or she is. One, yeah, right. That one's just that one's the given, right? But uh, again, it kind of the the podcast. There are a couple of large family blogs that I think are doing a great job out there. Uh, I'm sure there are large family podcasts that are out there, and we just haven't come across them yet. But because we hadn't come across them, Bobby was a little bit of a podcast junkie. I certainly am, and I was like, let's do this. Let's get in. Let's talk about what it's like, not only being a father, but moms, we try to be pretty inclusive of you guys too. What's it like just being a parent to all these kids running around? What's this like? What are the ups and the downs and the pros and the cons? Let's be real. Let's offer, let's offer some reality to it, right? We're not just going to whitewash this stuff. We actually want to talk about the bad times and what can we do to overcome them? So the whole idea, the whole goal with Above Average, it is to encourage one another. 
I feel like sometimes, and if you go back and listen to some of our previous episodes, or if you have already, you've heard us say, uh, Bobby and I tend to get as much out of this as hopefully our listeners are, just by going through this, by talking about this. How can we be better dads? How can we be better parents? How can we be better partners to our spouses as we're going through all this stuff? So it's really just to encourage one another as we deal with what it's like raising a bunch of kids. Yeah, I was going to, I'm sorry. Go I, ahead, I, was gonna say, I feel like sometimes the encouragement really is, uh, it's sometimes it's just enough to be related to, you know, just to know that others are out there in the same boat, going through the same fights and battles, the same joys, the same struggles. That stuff's, to me, just when I meet another family that has three or four, or, you know, even some of these families I know that you and I know that have six, seven, eight kids, you know, it's like, I want to glean off of this experience that you have. And I know you can kind of get it when, uh, so many things are happening at once. Fires are happening all over your house, not literal, but, and you're sometimes, (laughs) maybe maybe sometimes literal. I want to hear that story. Uh, so long as everybody made it out. (laughs) Right. uh, Anyway, but yeah, I, I feel like just relating sometimes is enough encouragement for me. So what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about, and we don't have a cutesy title for this. We got to work on this, Bobby. We're talking about personal responsibility. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know. I got nothing on the title front. We're going to have to work on this. We're going to have to make it one of those clickbait titles that make you go, I've, I've got to go listen to that. I've got to go read that. I've got to go watch that right now. The internet's, I don't know, <laughs> slamming with that stuff right now. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Or... It'll just be titled Personal Responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there was something that I posted, I don't know if you saw it earlier, on the Above Average Show Facebook page, which, by the way, please go like it if you haven't already. Uh, you can just go check out aboveaverageshow.com slash Facebook to be forwarded straight to that page where you can click the like button. Uh, but I put up a post earlier today that kind of took off a little bit. Um, had a bunch of people paying attention and sharing it, that kind of thing. But the title of it was An Open Letter to My Children, You're Not That Great. Which makes you go, oh, what a great parent. You're not that great? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The post is really smoking. It's great. It's written by a mom. It's all about teaching her kids selflessness, that they're not the center of their own universe, that kind of thing. It's it's really well done. But of course, the title makes you go, wait, this is mom telling her kids that they're not special? That's not right. I just told Bobby he's special. And we're just buddies. I'm not even his mom. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, maybe we can come up with a better title. But yeah, we're talking about personal responsibility. Not just its existence, we're defining what it is, and we'll, we'll get there, but specifically teaching it, instilling it in our kids. So, what we do mean by personal responsibility, it, it might be best explained by just mentioning the exact opposite, which to me would be entitlement. I'm not going to get on a political soapbox or anything like that here, but. Man, it seems like so many people, more and more people, have this idea that they're owed something, that they deserve something, and money or something that other people's money can get them, services or whatever, just for existing. Now, again, this is not a political thing. It's just this idea of entitlement. And there's even a term for a certain generation. They call them the entitlement generation, just these people who expect something for doing nothing. And personally, I don't know about you, Bobby, but I believe that responsibility that's not taught, like you have to teach this responsibility. It's something that has to be instilled in these kids. Or even later on down the road, irresponsibility that's not corrected at a young age. I think that stuff festers, and it's it's awful. It, It festers, and it 
becomes entitlement. It becomes that laziness later on. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, man. It, it's a hot button topic for me too. Just a personal pet peeve, the whole entitlement thing. It bugs me, you know, whether I uh, encounter it, you know, out and about, I don't know, at a grocery store or even at work. I, luckily, I don't encounter that much at work because I work at a really cool place. But it's just, yeah. It, and with my kids, when I see it, I'm like, oh, you know, I want to nip that right away. You know, I want them to be, I want them to be thinking about others before they're navel gazing. You know, looking at themselves so much, and we have a tendency in our culture to be to have so much that we can become complacent because oh we yeah. Don't, yeah we don't need any a lot of times when there's no need or there's no desire there's no need to work for something you don't appreciate it and when oh, you lack that drive yeah yeah there's nothing that pushes you go on and on I, I know we didn't want to get on that so but yeah no, but that's I'm a totally that's a good point you. where you're going with that though i think kind of pulling the scope back a little bit is going all right i can't do anything about them though it may tick me off looking at you know uh, other people, strangers or whatever, even maybe other parents and the way that they're raising their kids. There may be things that kind of push me to my edge there. You can't do anything about them, but you can do something about your kids. So what we're talking about, the personal responsibility stuff, really, it's applicable to all families. This is not something that's big family specific, obviously, but the whole intent, the whole goal of what we're doing with Above Average, we always like to bring it back to kind of what's our zone, what's our home base, and our home base is talking about things that affect big families specifically, or maybe it's a broader topic that affects all families, but what Bobby and I want to dig into are those big family elements. So our specific roles as big family parents, as parents of a bunch of kids, right? It brings up things like the older kids need to help out with the younger kids. Uh, Responsibilities for each kid, especially as they get older and help out with the other kids, that's just, I don't know. You'll talk about this conundrum here in a second, Bobby. Their responsibility themselves, not just helping the younger kids, that starts when they themselves are the younger kids. So Bobby, you and I have, We've covered this before. When you have a bunch of kids, just naturally you tend to have a larger age span, right? So when you've only got two kids, it's very likely that they'll be aged zero to two, and then later on, four to six, then later on, 10 to 12, and so forth and so on. But when you've got, in my case, five kids, we are zero to eight years already. Mm -hmm. So if we were to add another kid in there later on, then we're looking at like zero to 10 or zero to 11 or whatever. Your span is larger. So you innately, you naturally have older kids in there somewhere that probably should be helping out with the younger kids. We don't want to, we don't want them to turn into itty bitty parents. Um, but there, there's a place where they can learn some of this personal responsibility. And as long as it's done properly, uh, they can learn this at the younger age that will pay off later on. But anyway, l- let me toss it to you, Bobby. You were going to talk about some of this stuff a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I also am thinking, and these, this is something we've mentioned before. I do feel like the, uh, arena, of a big family makes it easier just by its nature, you know, just the, the the setting and the atmosphere of being around so many others that are vying for time with mom and dad or food or uh, space. It does naturally um, make you think a little bit outside yourself, no matter how badly you may want to be selfish, even just innately or, um, subconsciously want to be selfish you can't be when your little brother who's five years younger than you is 
I don't know, eating the chair. You've, you know, and you're older and you're like, you can't nice do that. Nice real world example right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking at a chair and I'm thinking, what would one of my kids be doing right now? They could possibly be eating that chair. I don't know. <laughs> my money's on Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, but the, the, you know, the older kid conundrum that, as you said, kids, as they get older, you know, that, like you said, the, the, the range from zero to eight is where you're at. Well, when you get, when, when Katie Beth is 10 and your youngest is two, then a 10 year old can handle more. And then a 12 year old can handle more than a 10 year old. And, and at, at some point, uh, I think, yes, we don't want them to be many parents. We want them to have a childhood, but they can also, I think, from a parent's perspective, we win when we can teach them that the big family that they're in, that they've been born into, is a gift. And with, you know, with with what's been given to you, more is expected to you, right? The more, what am I trying to say? More that has been given to you comes with more expectations. There is a way to say that, Lance, and I'm not <laughs> saying it right. If I can instill in my kids uh, at whatever age, the youngest possible age, that it's awesome that you were born into this family. You've got your brothers and your sisters that you love and your mom and your dad, and it's all one big happy family. There's a song in there. And I think that's also I, the name of one of our favorite Chinese takeout meals. <laughs> Are you lost? <laughs> Tell me about that. One big happy family? Is I don't it know. Really? We, we used to go to this place in Nolansville, Tennessee which doesn't sound like it should be a great Chinese food mecca, and I don't think it is. But there's one specific place down there, kind of by the Publix, and I remember going in there. And their menu, they had, you know, General So's chicken, and they had just all the basics. And I think they had One Big Happy Family. I think that was the name of one of the meals. No, I'll be right back. Sorry. I'm going to go order that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was rambling. My point was, the older kids, it's okay for them to start to recognize that they've been given more, and therefore more is expected of them. And they're part of this family, this train, this machine, uh, the train that's going down the track, this machine that's moving and and shifting and, and trying to work, and we're all going to pitch in for each other. And I think that's okay. Uh, and I think that there's a balance there, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. But, you know, I don't think either you or I has the, the magic bullet or the pill that we know is perfect. It's always a daily balancing act, trying to figure that out. Well, I mean, just to to jump in on that real quick, the big family thing, the value of it, you called it a gift, and it is. And I think to some degree, kids are going to be like, oh, well, this is just the way that it is. And their expectation of other kids are that they've also got a bunch of other siblings. And so it's loud and chaotic and crazy around the house. But I think specifically the gift portion that's something that has to be taught so that they don't take it for granted, but they also don't resent it, right? I mean, that would be, you know, the far end. Um, if they did get to know a single child, uh, an only child that didn't have any siblings, and maybe they got doted on a little bit more, or maybe they got some kind of special treatment, special Christmas gifts or whatever, that maybe because in your large family, that kid doesn't get that. You know what I mean? So you have to teach them, hey, here's the value. Here's why it is a gift, um, it, it's not just that you've got more buddies to play with at playtime because they're your siblings and they're always around. Like there's more to it than that. And that's a good opportunity for you to teach them short term and long term. You can say short term, yeah, you can run out and jump on the trampoline with all your brothers and sisters, and that's super cool. But do you know how much you're going to appreciate having all those siblings around when you're older, 
when mommy and daddy are much older and you guys can help, I don't know. I mean, it's not like you need to talk about nursing homes or whatever with your eight year old. I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> no, how about, how about when but, your older brother has to bail you out of jail for something, right? I mean, come that's on. Real let's world. Get, let's get real. <laughs> you don't have to call mom or dad. You just call, you just call Tommy, right? He's like, Tommy's got your back, you know? He may have to steal the car from mom and dad to get you out of jail, but you know. And if Tommy doesn't, then just call David. And if that doesn't work, then call Michael. And if that doesn't work, you've got a whole bunch of chances right there, man. Exactly. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out, that you have to teach that the big family, having a bunch of siblings, is a gift. And that's got value in the personal responsibility world. Because if you are just constantly burdening your kids with, hey, you need help out. Hey, you need help out. Hey, you need help out. That resentment will start to creep up. But if it's balanced, to use that term like we do every single show, when it's balanced, then they're thinking, okay, well, this is kind of the downside, but there is the positive side. There is the upside as well. Yep, right on. Hey, I I was remembering the saying that I was trying to say a few minutes ago, and I was stumbling and fumbling over my words. And it was, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, I realized where that was from. My brain was in, in the movie Spider-Man. <laughs> but, you know, you, all those Marvel comic things, they always talk about, you know, you've got this great responsibility to protect and help people because you have this extra special power. And that's where my brain was, you know, to, to relate it. It's the gift, essentially, that yeah. you've been born into this family. But it, it's also, and I, I'm yeah. not a theologian, I'm not a biblical scholar, but isn't it also biblical where it says something to the effect of, to whom much is given, much is expected? Right, or is yeah. that one of those, it's not biblical, it's actually a Benjamin Franklin quote and somebody said it was from God? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But I it makes wanna, sense either way, wanna, right? Uh, I'll, if I answer it I'll, and I'm wrong, I'll just be a moron, which wouldn't be the first time. We'll correct it in the show notes. By the way, you can go check out the show notes for this episode. Go to aboveaverageshow.com, aboveaverageshow.com, slash 25. This is episode 25. So, Bobby, we just talked about the older kid conundrum, as we've called it. What's the flip side of that? Because when you've got a bunch of kids, you've got older kids, you've got not-so-older kids, but they're not the, the little kids either. But what's it look like on the flip side from the older kids? What What's it like for the younger kids? Yeah, so if you're the youngest, you're, what you're saying is if you're the youngest of, I don't know, a family of eight, you may not get the natural opportunities that the oldest kid does to kind of feel the responsibility of helping with the family. and Right, because uh, if they're younger... Taking on that load, yeah. Yeah, because if they're younger, they're not going to have the younger siblings that they then have to teach. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've reaped, right, from their older siblings, right? So, uh, obviously, they still have mom and dad, but there is the classic case. Uh, I feel like a lot of parents, and strictly maybe just from being worn out over years, which I'm sure you and I will relate um, or maybe even do on some level, but any listeners out there can relate. Uh, there's always the joke, um, and it's probably a serious ingest type thing where the youngest one gets away with everything, or they didn't have the same rules that the middle and the oldest one had <laughs> because mom and dad were just like, whatever, take the car. But you're only 12. I don't care. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's an, that's an interesting thought on the other side of that thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think obviously the, the you know as parents you can't give up right you can't give right. in um, despite how tired 
you may be or are, um, you know, and here I'm saying this and I'm not necessarily experiencing it yet. So when I am, you might want to call me and say, I told you so. <laughs> Go ahead and set a Google reminder for, right, yeah. for 15 <laughs> years, years from, from now. now. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, and I can just, I should go ahead and tell you it, in 10 years, I know you were right. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, try, you know, I guess as a parent, don't, don't give up on those kids as far as, you know, and here's the thing, and I think we're about to rattle off some examples. Um, it's not just about being the oldest kid that, kind of gets to, to help because of their position in the family. Um, every kid has to start learning their own personal responsibility throughout their daily lives, you know, throughout the little things that they have to accomplish day in and day out, right? So I know looking at the notes going down a little bit, we're going to roll through some just some simple examples. I'm sure there's thousands, but we've got a few. Uh, what, what do you think there? Well, first of all, I I just want to touch on briefly what you just said about how you learn personal responsibility. I do want to keep on hammering this point home. So whether it is the older kids or the younger kids, they're going to learn it, but at the same time, it's got to be taught. And I think life is the best teacher, but in a lot of cases, you as the parent, especially when you are spread so thin, I guess, because you're, you're trying to deal with so much, you're trying to deal with personal social, career, financial, you're trying to deal with a lot of obligations simultaneously, but you're also trying to parent and you're trying to parent a bunch of kids. You've got to continue teaching this stuff. You can't just expect that, for instance, your younger kids are are going to learn this stuff by osmosis. It doesn't work like that. Now, I'm not saying that they can't learn from the examples that you're setting by you just living your daily life in a responsible way or watching the older siblings who maybe are a little bit more responsible, but you do have to specifically teach this stuff. And I, I feel like I'm preaching to my myself in the future, like we just talked about. I'm not there yet, but I know that I'm going to be so tired and Sarah and I are going to be so much more chillaxed with our kids as they're, they're, they're so young now. And I'm going, okay, when they are 16, are we going to let them do things that we didn't let our, you know, 18 year old do at the same, same time? No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take my foot off the accelerator as far as always constantly teaching and being a good influence in their lives. Right. And despite how well you try though, it'll probably happen to some extent. I think it's okay to, to say, because I think that there's other yeah, forces yeah. at work there. And some of them, if some of it is just the natural occurrence of older kids becoming self-sufficient more and more as they get older, you know, the 18 year old graduates from uh, high school might go to college. Then there's one out of the house. Hey, all of a sudden mom and dad have more free time. They're only handled. They're only taking care of and responsible for the three littlest ones instead of the five older ones that are now kind of gone and doing their own thing. Or, Hey, three of them have cars and you know, they're gone. And so there, I think that that's the battle. That's going to be the battle at least for us is, Hey, we actually could go out to dinner tonight because we don't have eight to take care of. We only have these three, and yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm just, yeah. I'm saying that I think that some of that stuff will creep into, which will be good. Those are good things for your marriage, but it's going to be that that constant battle where you're like, hey, we can't forget, <laughs> we can't forget that uh, you know Sally's only only three still, even though <laughs> uh, our 22 year olds out of uh, you know just yeah. graduated college, you know, so. Yeah. So so to bring it back home, we, we talked about the older kids. We talked about the younger kids. In typical middle child fashion, we've 
completely forgotten to talk about the middle kids. And I would say that's Those because middle kids. I know, I know. It's so bad for them. Hang on, though. Do you really? And should you? <laughs> They're kind of getting the best of both worlds, right? They're getting to sure. learn from their older siblings. They're getting to learn how to be a good teacher because they're going to have younger siblings. I don't think they get forgotten. They have so many more opportunities from both angles. I don't know. I think it just makes for uh, more well-rounded individuals. But they they get to they also get all the uh, sympathy. I think they they know they're getting the sympathy and they don't tell anybody. They're like, yeah yeah yeah, give me that sympathy. I, and they're they're kind of using it, you know, strategically. <laughs> because everybody knows about the middle middle child card, even in big families. Yeah, they can play that. Right on. Hey, so you were talking about some specific examples and I do have one. And I'm going to talk about Katie Beth. And I feel like dude, on the show more often than not, if I've got a specific example, I'm going to go to Katie Beth. And that's because and Katie Beth is our oldest. She just turned 8. She's a second grader. Uh she is she's amazing. And I'm sure any daddy says this about his daughter, but I just know her so well. And I've been through so much with her. Sarah and I both have with her at this point. I've been through eight years, right? So I've got eight years of history and eight years of lessons and eight years of examples with this one. I don't necessarily have that with the other kids. I don't have that with the other kids, period. But anyway, so the reason that I'm bringing up Katie Beth in this case is, so Katie Beth goes to the local Catholic school. We've talked about this before. It's the same exact school system that I went to when I was her age. And they wear uniforms and they wear uniforms just like I wore when I was in there. I, I didn't wear skirts and jumpers. Really? That's, that's where you laugh. Thank you. Really, Lance? Awkward silence. <laughs> But no, so they wear the, the little some crickets in there. <laughs> they wear the little uh, white polo shirts. They wear the navy shorts, and it's pretty basic. It's not you know a hoity-toity school uniform, but you know it is that consistent. Here's the top. Here's the bottom. This is what you wear. And so it's a big deal in her world, and it's a big deal in all these kids' worlds uh, when there's a non-uniform day. So it might be school spirit day, and they all wear a green T-shirt or it's picture day, or it's, it's whatever, right? It's a big deal. So Katie Beth was in first grade last year, and Sarah and I have talked about this in, in the context of personal responsibility, and it may have even been this story that kind of led to the idea of, hey, let's do a show on personal responsibility. Sarah and I talked about this, and last year as a first grader, like I said, Katie Beth, we had just moved to a new state, new school, new friends and everything. There was so much more grace uh, on so many things, we extended a lot of grace. We extended a lot of sympathy. So, for instance, when Katie Beth did not remember that it was an out-of-uniform day, that she could wear anything she wanted to, we would gently remind her. We're trying to teach her a step at a time. So if she forgot, we'd remind her, right? Because you don't want to be the kid that shows up in your uniform when everybody else is wearing T-shirts and jeans. Uh, if you went to private school where you had to wear the uniform thing, man, you feel like you stick out like a sore thumb. You're the kid sure. that either forgot or you're the kid who, worse, whose parents forgot. The parents were too busy. The parents were too whatever. I remember having these thoughts when I was, I don't know, 10. Or even in high school later on, I was like, oh, that kid forgot. Sad. <laughs> where were you on that one, mom? Right, right. So last year, Katie Beth was learning. But now we're past that. She should have learned this. This is her second year, and we kind of know she's got her calendar, and there's certain patterns. Like every Friday is Spirit Day, so they all wear their green T-shirts with the same uniform bottoms, and it's just it's one of those things. And Katie Beth has forgotten a couple of times. And so 
as much as it pains us, and I know this is a little thing, but this is a little example that I'm hammering home for the personal responsibility discussion. I, I feel like we kind of let her suffer the consequence of forgetting because if it means that much, if it's that big of a deal in her world, the way that it was when I was little, then she needs to remember herself. And sometimes Sarah and I, we've got our calendar reminder set. Like we don't want to be jerks about it. Right. Uh, we don't want to be cold hearted, but it's kind of on Katie Beth. She needs to remember this. Now, like I said, we don't want to be cold hearted. So if it was picture day and she's going to roll up in her uniform, uh, uh-uh, we're going to put the stop to that. Like, we're not going to go to that degree. But, I mean, this is just one example of how we've we've said, okay, Katie Beth, this is on you. This is up to you. So when you lay out your uniform for the next day, if it's a Thursday night, let that click that, hey, I need to set something different out. So anyway, one little yeah, example. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I've got a few on our end, too. Um, and I'll just rattle through them because I'm sure any parent listening is going to be like, uh, you know, kind of relating pretty quickly. The first one I'll start with was most recent, which was a couple hours ago. Uh, this is not in the notes. Ava, we well, we had soccer practice tonight. Luke, uh, Noah had soccer practice, um, so we went to soccer practice. Um, Catherine took the kids to practice, and I met her there. So there was about a 30-minute gap where Catherine had the kids at the field, and I was not there. So when they got out of the car, obviously Noah's the only one practicing. When they got out of the car... Uh, I don't know what, what they did. I mean, I know Catherine probably held the baby and talked to another mom and then Lucas and Ava were kind of running around the field and playing with other kids and stuff. So we get home. Uh, So I, I get, I go to practice. I get the kids. Kat had to work tonight. So she took off, went to the hospital. I come home with all the kids and Ava says, Oh dad, um, where's the family phone? The family phone is this old, it's old now. It's an iPhone, such and such old old generation, like a four or something. And we, it's not really a phone. I mean, it's not. There's no you know provider on it. It's not a phone, but we let it be like an iPod or whatever games and stuff for the kids. We should do an episode on devices, right? Totally. Uh, so, anyway, she says, "Where is it?" And I'm like, uh, "I I don't know. I didn't even know that you had it." And she goes, and her eyes like kind of get bulging out of her her head and she's like i think i might have left it at the field and then she's like oh and where's our books um me and lucas had books that we were supposed to read i was like ava i I don't know you know you you went there with mom and you had those things and when i got there you know uh, i'm just trying to keep my head on straight and figuring out how many kids i have to get them home safely you know, um, and Ava's probably thinking in her head, yeah, I know mom's better at tracking all the stuff. Plus the kids, dad, you're good at, <laughs> you're, you're barely good at tracking the kids, not all the stuff. <laughs> and Catherine would probably laugh and agree with me that, yeah, you know, how many times have I left shoes somewhere or whatever, you know, marriage is on the line, you know? So, um, anyway, I'm like, Ava, you know, I don't know if they're, if those things are, it's already dark, we're about to eat dinner. You know, um, I'm doing the deal, keeping the house, you know, basically not on fire. And I'm saying, we're not going back to the field. If the phone's there, then it's gone. You know, hopefully someone picked it up or we won't have it, you know, or we won't have it. If the books are gone, then mom and dad will have to spend some money to, you know, to replace those books at the school library. because Daddy's getting intense. Yeah. And I was just, well, and I was also right in the middle of like cooking dinner and... 
uh, Noah's asking me a question and somebody needs a diaper change. Yeah, but you know the uh, deal, right? Yep. And uh, all of it's happening at once. I'm just like, Ava, I don't know. Whatever. You know, the phone's gone. And if it's gone, it's gone. And that is a lesson for you and all of us right now. And she's like, oh, no. Long story short, Catherine, of course, the the mom, which any mom is a super mom. She's like, I have the phone and I have the books. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're awesome, babe. Thank you. Got to go. The, the dinner's burning. <laughs> so anyway, that's one. Uh, to be quick here, um, one of ours uh, in the Earhart household is bring your own water into the car. Uh, be responsible for your own water. Uh, they always want to ask Catherine to, to take a drink. Catherine carries around this this big, ugly, you know, I call it her useless cup. And it's got a straw on it. She gets them when she... Is that the Williamson the, County? Yeah, yeah oh, when she delivers man, the all baby. all the girls. Yeah. And, you know, it's this huge thing. It has a straw. For whatever reason she loves it, it's fine. But it doesn't fit in any cup holders, and it's always falling <laughs> over, and I can't stand the thing. Anyway, the kid, she always does. The cat's really good hey, about it, having If you're listening, Sarah has the same exact cup. <laughs> And if you happen to live in the Williamson County, Tennessee you area, probably, you I bet probably all the have moms. To. Why is that a thing? We got to we got to figure this I out. Don't, I don't Ma- know. We need we need to create we need one to make better av- and sell them. Yes, above average cups. Bam. Coming Write 2018. <laughs> hey, uh, tell me about Oh, I'm sorry. So Finish that water. thought. That's uh, it. Just bring I'm, your own water to the car. Don't ask mom for her water. Dude, That's tell it. me about the four steps. This is a big deal in your household, too. I like this. The four steps. Okay, yeah, that was another one I was going to rattle off. So Catherine, um, she created or read or f- I don't know if she created it or figured it out on Pinterest or whatever it is that they do. Uh, and cre- They always have these credible, incredible ideas. At least my wife does. I'm sure all the moms out there do. Uh, things that I could never have the time to think up. And in the morning, it's the kids have their four steps. So instead of me explaining it, actually, I, uh, a little earlier tonight, I recorded uh, this little blurb, I guess, with with my daughter, Ava, who's also eight, uh, like Lance's Katie Beth. She's my oldest, and uh, I'm going to let Ava tell you about what the four steps are. So Lance, I thought it'd be a cool idea to bring my little Ava, my daughter, in on tonight, because she is responsible for a few things, aren't you, Ava? Yep. What is that? What do you have to do in the morning? Well, the boys have three steps, and the boys' three steps are to brush their teeth, put on their clothes, and make their bed. I have four steps, and their four step, and my four steps are to brush my teeth, put on my clothes, brush my hair, and make my bed. And mommy and daddy, we call that the four steps, don't we? Yes. And what does that do when you're doing those four steps? That helps mommy in the morning, right? While she's getting up and getting ready, you are doing some things that she does not have to help you with, right? Yes. That's awesome. So the boys, when you say the boys, it's your your brothers, right? Are they crazy little boys? Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, honey. It's time for you to go to bed. Okay, I love you. Okay. Good night. Love you. Love you. So that was that was fun. I enjoyed having Ava tell us about that. She was super cute. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really just another example of, you know, Catherine created this thing to teach the kids to do some things on their own so that she 
can can focus on maybe the littler kids like Williams, our baby, or even herself for a little bit, actually get to brush her own teeth and comb, comb her own hair and all those things. So that, that was something that we did. Um, another one, this is a big one, uh, is Lucas loses his shoes all the time. Uh, I'm to the point where I'm either going to glue the shoes on his feet or I'm going to say, just don't ever wear shoes ever again in your life. Because w- either one of those might be mo- less of a headache than us losing the shoes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So anyway, you know, I, I'm going to throw it back to you here. But we could go on and on about these little examples. And I'm sure any parent could. I, I hope any parent could. Um, you know, I, I could think of another handful. And of course, we don't have time to just walk through every single one of these. I kind of wish we did. But uh, we do have to limit it. I do want to move on to the next kind of round, though. So if you don't have enough examples in your house, if you're thinking, oh, yeah, I need to I need to step up the game a little bit. I'm talking to myself, too. We can always do better, right? Here are a couple of takeaways. What's a parent to do if we really want to start instilling personal responsibility into our children a little bit more? I came up with three quick takeaways. Bobby, I'm just going to fly through these three real quick. One, set the example. You've got to be the example. I kind of alluded to this earlier. But for instance, guys, if you're always letting your wife do the dishes because it's her job, step up your game. Take some of this on yourself. Um, If you're walking through the yard and the hose is out and you've had the hose just hanging out in the yard for a few days, if your kids see you letting little things like that go, they're going to think that it's okay for them to let little things go. So it's one of those faithful in the little things, faithful in the big thing issues as far as I'm concerned. You can't expect your kids to be accountable if you won't be. The second one, be aware. I, personally, I think just be not completely oblivious to the idea that kids and, man, even adults, we need personal responsibility taught. We've got to have this stuff instilled. We needed it when we were kids. We still need it to a certain extent as adults. But I'll tell you what, man, if you were unaware before, and I'm sure, Bobby, none of our listeners were unaware of this stuff. But if you were, now's the time to be more mindful. I think just being aware that personal responsibility is something that you have to work towards, and it's something that you have to teach your kids. It won't just happen. The third thing that I would throw out there, and maybe some of these concepts kind of hit home with Bobby talking about the iPhone thing and me talking about the out-of-uniform thing with Katie Beth, it's tough love. It's really realizing that you know sometimes the short-term pain is worth it for the long-term gain. That's hard, but it's worth it. Everybody's heard, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's usually... Classic parent. That's a classic yeah. parent line. <laughs> I'm laughing with you, not at you. And it's usually followed up by whack, whack, whack. <laughs> Some spanking on the rear end. Dad, but- you're not crying like I am. How did that hurt you, man? <laughs> Bobby just had a flashback to when he was seven. Hold on, I gotta go cry for a little while. Right, right. Bobby's Daddy Issues, the new show. <laughs> if my sisters hear this show, they'll be like, you never got one spanking your whole life. You were the youngest, you were the only boy, and you never, ever, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, and I'm just smiling, you right? Playing that middle kid card, yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. hey. <laughs> so yeah, Bobby's parents never said that to him. This hurts me more than it hurts you. But I'm here to say that maybe it shouldn't always be associated with spanking. You know, obviously don't do anything that's going to kids send your kids to a shrink or make them need to start their own podcast about their daddy issues. But know that for the most part, you're helping them. What'd you say, Bobby? It's hard, but it's worth it. That's right. it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Chris Curto in our episode on personalities had some cool stuff about 
if and when you have to reprimand your children, um, you should, I, I would recommend everybody go back and listen to that. It's that helped me a lot. So yeah. Episode 15 above average show.com slash one five. If you want to go back and listen to that. So, I mean, I think that's it. Those are the, the three big takeaways that I wanted to share quickly, by the way, all this stuff we're going to have on the show notes for this episode, again, episode 25, aboveaverageshow.com slash 25, if you want to go check this out. Also on there, we're going to put a book recommendation, and I'll dig into that a little bit more on the website on why we're recommending this book, but it's called QBQ, and it's by an author named John Miller. It's all about personal accountability. QBQ is kind of his flagship book, uh, but he's also got a parenting book, Parenting the QBQ Way, and yes, I am saying the letters QBQ. Uh, go check out the show notes to figure out what that means and why we're recommending what this. What does it mean? What does it mean? Dude, how's that for a teaser? Love that it. works, right? QBQ. I mean, yeah, I can't say that word, so it must be an acronym. <laughs> Quebec? Quebec? What? <laughs> hey, Bobby, uh, I think we're going to bring this one, this one in for a landing, but uh, did you ever watch Jerry Springer when you were younger? Uh, I lived that. That was my family, so I didn't have to watch it on TV. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. It's not like I was an avid fan when I was 13 or whatever. It would have been on the air. But they always brought it back to him for his final thought. So now, Bobby, what's your final thought on this episode? I did watch more Saturday Night Live, Deep Thoughts with Somebody, Somebody. Jack Andy. Was it? (laughs) Okay. Uh, You know, man... Parents, Lance, men, and women of the world, uh, I would say you have to find the balance with this stuff. Um, We talked about the older kids can oftentimes all of a sudden become parents, and that's not what we really want. It's not what we mean here. We want them to just understand that they're part of this working, living, breathing machine, organism, whatever you want to call it, that is the big family. It is the freight train. It's moving down the track, and it's not going to be stopped. And there's a lot of things that need to go into keeping it going and running. Right, keep that coal burning in the fire. So uh, let, but you know, but on the other side, you, we want to let the kids be kids. In the end, you know, I it's something my I feel like my mom and dad did a really good job with. You know, and and there's a balance because you could go too far on the other side. Like if they're only if they're only just a kid and they never have to do anything for themselves, then how are they going to be great adults in this world? You know, so let the kids be kids in the end. Uh, I think that I I would rather you err on that side. Um, We we don't want them to have to joke with you later in life that they don't remember their childhood. uh, Sorry, that they don't remember their childhood as ever, as never having had one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and I think parents, their hearts are in the right place. They they would love to do more for their kids. But as, and this is where we get niche, we talk about our above average families. Uh, as the kids multiply, they just physically can't, right? They they don't have the bandwidth. And so uh, as much as, you know, you and I, Lance, as fathers or our wives as mothers would, would love to dote on every kid and do everything for them because that's where our hearts are, loving our kids. We just can't. So it just happens to to be part of the big family thing that everybody's got to jump in to make that family train keep going down the track, you know? Nice words. Good words. I am. Nice deep thoughts. 
<laughs> hey, thank you for listening. This has been Above Average. This is uh, episode 25, which is still untitled, but it'll probably have something to do with personal responsibility. If you would like to go see the show notes for this page, if you'd like to share it with a friend, all that fun stuff, again, aboveaverageshow.com slash 25, or you can just go straight to aboveaverageshow.com to check out more episodes and more about Bobby and his family and uh, myself and my family and all that fun stuff. Um, lastly, Please, please, please share this with a friend. Um, large families, we tend to run in packs, and we, we tend to know other large families, right? Whether it's from church or work or whatever it is, we tend to kind of hang out together. So if you know somebody else who would appreciate the show, please share it with them. Um, again, the whole goal here is encouragement. It's not like uh, Bobby and I are getting paid to do this. This is a hobby. It's certainly a labor of love, but it's something that uh, we think has great potential to reach a bunch of people who probably need to hear this stuff. So if you could, please share it with them. Like I said, you can point them to aboveaverageshow.com. Check us out on iTunes or on Facebook. Again, aboveaverageshow.com slash iTunes or aboveaverageshow.com slash Facebook to get to those. Anyway, thank you again for listening, and thank you for being above average. We'll see you all next time. Rock on!